Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Zaku Taku Podcast. Hi, everyone. Um, I am Wacky Waving Inflatable Arm Flailing Tube Man Jose, joined by Mark and Garcil, who just pulled a double shift the other day. What a fucking trooper, man. Damn, you can't pay me enough to do that shit. Um, but we are coming back at y'all with uh, another talk. The third portion of our viewing for the Turn A Gundam series, and um, you know, we've we've made it a, a good ways here. You know, it's time to start start to spill some pee, tea, dude. And uh, I'm pretty sure I almost said spill some pee. This is staying in. <laughs> All right, but yeah, let's get on with it. Garcil, take us away. The laughing at the fabric. Okay. Okay. So. Let's go ahead and begin once more with our uh, dearly beloved Diana and the other side of the coin, Kiel. So this time around, hey, they finally reunite. And guess what? Kiel has to stay queen. Kind of. So uh, there is there is a lot of growth with Kiel this time around, but it kind of all seems very, very sudden, very in your face. Because uh, the main thing, uh, she's in love with Harry. I, I don't know how much interaction they've actually had aside from these last couple episodes where they're together. And with this, it makes me realize that all of this focus on that, that Diana has had previously was a great dread detriment to her to kiel's character and possibly a lot of other characters so now i am conflicted because i love diana a lot but i feel all this focus has been not the greatest for other characters what do you guys think about about what's been going on mark are you going to simp <sighs> um well i'm gonna keep it short and sweet i guess so i'm in disagreement with garcelle i think that diana is probably one of the th- two main characters the other being lauren of the series so giving her adequate screen time is important for us as a viewer to understand everything that's oh, going on this has on. been more than adequate this has been more yeah. than adequate well i mean it, it's like in every other show we get you know just one person pretty much the whole way through with very little in side character interaction or side character development in a way that you feel like satisfied with. And I think that having Diana be the other main character, definitely it's important to the show as a whole. I mean, I I actually enjoy every moment of both of them, Lauren and Diana, and especially Diana because she's like a confused character who doesn't exactly know what's going on. She, she likes both sides the moon and the earth and she's tied to a side that doesn't necessarily like the people on earth but she herself does so it, it creates that conflict the same the same conflict that Laurent is having because he is the same way um and in this batch of episodes uh we see that she's kind of more of a an object of desire for both yep. sides <laughs> not just me <laughs> But uh, for for the for the for Phil's faction and for Miran's faction, who is actually like Jim Jim Jeningham Jim Jim whatever his name is, Battle God Jim <laughs> his Jim his group Grindham. because they're both fighting over her because yeah well they both want to be the it's kind of weird because they both want to be the one over they both want to be the one to overthrow her it seems like like phil doesn't want to listen to her anymore and jim jenningham is apparently some sort of like rebellion leader against diana so it's a very odd 
situation going on where they both want to like kill her unless they're you know because they kind of have the same goal so i don't know where that's going but so with diana in the middle of this it's uh it definitely puts her as more of the damsel in distress role this time around instead of i i guess we've been following her like her through a journey of progression and character development and understanding what's going on in the world around her um with what she's done and what she's neglected to do and how that affects the people of earth and now she's you know that person that they're chasing after because she needs rescuing or but she's still strong in these moments she's still smart she knows how to operate the the colony base the asteroid colony or whatever that she had built up as a resource yeah the mistletoe that she built up as a resource colony she still knows how to operate it she's still she's still thinking ahead thinking quickly and and being very smart about her actions which i appreciate um they didn't dumb her down at all she's still the same great diana that we've seen before so yeah overall i i I appreciate every moment that we've seen of Diana. I don't think it really harms anybody. I think that they've. I think that Tomino has to, like tried to keep the the Kiel on the down low, and because as we've seen in this chunk, she is definitely more prominent, and we definitely see that she and Diana kind of align in roles, and well, um, she is yeah, and she is in love with Harry, but like that's something that she's that I've actually been thinking was going to happen since the first kind of little interaction between the two on the base on the Soriel because she's like Harry you're the only one I can trust and she says that over and over again like Harry don't leave my side Harry you're the only one that I can trust in this whole vicinity Harry don't leave me she continuously says that over and over again so having them or having her being like wanting to be romantic with him isn't too much of a stretch and too much of a surprise for me I still think you're stretching it but yeah. your points well, make sense. Your points make sense. <clears throat> That's just like, so to me, it wasn't really a surprise. It would have been more of a stretch. I think if Diana would have been with Harry, I don't know if that's going to happen because it seems like Harry has a thing for Diana, but that's for later. Um, but yeah, Kiel, I actually really enjoy her, especially with Sochi because like her sisterly instincts or whatever come out and she's like playful and fun and just hanging out and she's nice to Lauren and she's nice to Sochi and th- their interactions are really cool. I now it's like if they build Kiel up, it's going to be like a, a war between her and Diana <laughs> in my mind, not in the show, but in my mind, um, because I actually like Kiel too a lot. And I think that she's lost that like snobby personality that she kind of had in the beginning. It's, uh, it seems like it's gone away a little bit. Well, you did so, say that she was acting nice to Laurent, and I'm pretty sure this is the first for it's the first. It, yeah, that's that's like kind of what I'm basing that off of is that in the beginning she was a little snobby towards him, like oh you're just a servant, but now she's being nicer, like thanking him and you know playing around with him a little bit, and which is which is fun to see. But um, I'll turn this over to Jose now to see his perspective on this because I'm interested. So, um, the here's here's what uh, one thing that I'm gonna guess real quick. Um, Mark, you had mentioned that you liked Kiel during this batch. Yeah, and I can I can see why. <laughs> in or not particularly, but I'm just gonna say that you're gonna bring up the Blu-ray cover, are you? No, he's not. No, no, I know no, what no. he's gonna bring I'm up. Not. That's not oh. why. <laughs> That's not your favorite scene that you were looking forward to. <laughs> Says no, the no, we're talking okay. about all First week. Off, I'll get to that after, but no, that's not what I was gonna get at. I was gonna say that you were bagging on Kiel pretty hard before, 
you were saying that she's she's doing so many things that Diana wouldn't do, and it's uh, true. And now it's like you, it's like you gotta walk that back because everybody's telling her, oh, you know, she's so much like Diana. They're no, I, I was like, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I actually was when I was watching it, I had a very I had a problem with the interaction that her and Diana had when they first met it back up where she said, You've been doing a great job impersonating me. I was like, No, she hasn't. Like <laughs> there's definitely like a tremendous amount of issues with how she's been acting. She's not been acting like I would assume you would act. So that I did have a problem with that. I'd like to I mean, now. <laughs> I'm not going to get back into that argument. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we won't, we won't. If you want to see I was it, just teasing you over two. it. I was just, te- yeah, I was just teasing you over it, and I'm mostly just kidding. Um... Because you know, I don't, I don't think that's genuinely true. Because I mean, there's a lot of things that pretty much went into this batch of episodes that um, it's really unforeseeable. Because you only have so much time with a character during like a given time. Like I wouldn't expect anybody to know absolutely everything about you know a character. And in this case, Diana Soriel right off the bat, like just from having watched the first half of a series. So like honestly, I'm only ki- I'm only teasing you cuz you know, you couldn't have known all this stuff that would have happened and all that kind of stuff. But um th- I just think that it- it's really interesting how they they a lot of the times there's like f- there's like three or four characters that continuously say how similar they are, how they're basically one in the same, how they're the same person, how they act the same, they behave the same, they make similar decisions, they follow, you know, they just align apparently in everybody else's eyes extremely well even to their own characters like even to diana soriel herself she's like you know complimenting her and saying like hey that's that's basically what i would have done and all that kind of stuff so there's diana soriel there's um there's gain who's like saying that they're always doing the same stuff she acts just like diana she's like oh she's indistinguishable not even just physically or physically but you know in terms of like her her mannerisms and her her decision making and her you know her calculative tactics and all that kind of stuff and then there's um there's even sochi who basically just has accepted her as like her other half really she's like uh well her and my sister are the same person basically so you know i can't hate her too much (laughs) um which is kind of funny and i think that in a way kind of serves to to kind of fill in the gap for what we feel like to me at least it fills in the gap for what it feels that kiel has not received in terms of screen time into giving us a more a, a little bit of a stronger idea as to the character that she is like half of her is yes she's her own character and the you know wanting her own pursuits her own dreams and all that kind of stuff her own affections towards harry and all that but at the same time she still shares a lot of things with diana so it's like we get half of her character basically compensated by the screen time that diana gets because they're one in the same and um in the other half you know you get those little bits of the unique character that are exclusive to uh kiel so i didn't have too much of a problem with kiel's you know little bit of screen time in comparison to diana's overall um but like you mark i i like her i uh i i definitely like her actually she's a really cool character um and i do i feel like i treat them and view them as in like one in the same and i feel like kiel has grown in a lot of ways in the same in pretty much the way that you said the very well said elegantly said nicely stated and all that kind of stuff I don't know if I can really add much more to that, but you summarize that pretty well. And then, you know, she was snobby in the beginning and then she's very compassionate now. But, you know, even there, even there, uh, she like, she admits to her own character flaws and and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, hey, 
you know, Diana Soriel is, um, she doesn't run away from any of her responsibilities or anything. And I just feel like I'm not that strong. Um, and then, you know, Harry's there to comfort her, whether it's true or not. You know, he, he tells her, hey, you know, you're still beautiful for basically admitting that. And, you know, you're, you, you've got, you've got good character traits yourself, basically. Um, I mean, so, yeah, that's neither here nor there. And that happens after, but, um, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we will talk about that later, but still like, um, I, th- I like Kiel. I think that they did a, a fairly good job with the way that, at least in my eyes, her character is half of her character is basically compensated and carried by Diana's, um, diana's screen time so i think that's kind of interesting because a lot of the times normally when that kind of stuff happens throughout other media i feel like i'm just gonna i uh, generally i would complain about it but there's still enough to this unique character that it, it makes her feel like not a total clone but like you know she has most of her 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 puzzle pieces filled out and you know there's there's enough unique stuff to say that it that she's different so i like the little bits of growth that she got I thought it was enough for me personally to just be able to justify her. Um, she's... <laughs> she, I also like those interactions that she has with Sochi. Those very um, sibling bonding interactions that they they have. I think it's... I'm not going to get into like the the whole thing ah fuck it they they took a bath together and it was funny because they almost like <laughs> wow. killed each other in there <laughs> so that was funny that was a, a silly moment i feel like you know after Laurent goes in there and basically saves him before uh kiel would have probably chided him like you know like a little bit of a reprimand but i feel like she has grown and she's like really tapped into her her inner dinosaurio to the extent that she just like thanks him she thanks him and doesn't get mad that that um her booty was in his face (laughs) he was was looking at the good moon moon um and you know she she just wasn't like tripping about it she was very mature about it and you know she knows that that laurent isn't like a cynical type of person that would be like you know he's just like waiting in there and to be lustful and and just i don't know triggered to do stuff maybe like like sai sai she would but um, if laurent uh if Laurent switched back to being aligned fully with the moon race after seeing that, you know, I wouldn't be too mad at him. <laughs> yeah, true that. But yeah, um, and whereas, you know, in contrast, we see Sochi, her reaction is basically exactly what we would have expected from the very beginning. He so, what was that? He called him an idiot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, basically, she just got teeth. So, I-, I feel like that's a little bit of a nice kind of... Uh, way to see their progression as characters except sochi but um yeah i I, overall i like where diana has diana and kiel i want to say because i like treating you know i like treating them as equals even though they do have their unique storylines can you guys clarify something to me so in in the show i feel like i heard diana say that she was going to (laughs) to leave it to basically everything to kiel but i don't think that i read that right or remember that right is that what she said she wanted to basically leave leadership of the moon race to kiel um she said oh go ahead garcelle you can do it oh so i was gonna say uh so once they reunited uh, diana wanted to go back to the moon to see like what's going on up there because hey mm-hmm. uh what's his face agrippa retainer or something like that is causing a rebellion or something like that and so is phil so uh she still needed kiel to 
continue being Diana on Earth so Diana could sneak into the moon and then Phil's rebellion happens and then they have to both pretend to be Diana. Oh, okay. Okay, there we go. Yeah, but in that moment she tells, yeah. And in that moment she tells her, I'm sorry, but you have to keep being Diana for a little longer. Hmm. So that's I felt so so bad for Kale the moment Diana said that. She was so happy. (laughs) It seemed like she was going to go back to her normal life. But no, she has to go back to being Diana. And like, I I don't really blame Kale for like having that, you know, feeling the stress, I guess, of such a heavy burden and like pretty much everything that she knows that has happened, you know, has, has been like Diana has like felt the repercussions of things that her people have done and unfortunately even though she does not deserve the blame for other people's like misdeeds like fucking idiots like poe just doing random shit and killing people and wanting to fight all the time speaking of which i'm gonna destroy poe later on uh but you know it's still a heavy burden and props to kiel for putting on the mask long enough and and i guess not running off honestly because it's it's a it's a bitch to be handling all that stuff so overall i like her and i feel like um we've generally said a lot about diana and i feel like her character hasn't changed in any way but i that's a good thing because i just i find her so likable what i am going to say and air out are my grievances you know like you said you were saying mark um i was like waiting waiting for the fan service waiting for like a bat scene to happen and then it only gets it only teases kiel and it's not diana it looked the same no 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 that's 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 uh there's a two year age difference this this is a one instant thing yes they do look the same but like i said they only tease her they don't show anything they they freaking show oh my god that sucks laurent cares i don't want to figure that everybody yeah props to laurent good (laughs) on him right there um you know, he just he just took a gaze up at the moon. You know, my boy, he's been through so much, deserves it. But he's still so he's he's so humble and kind. He's not like a, a lecherous fiend like me, but you know, just uh anyway, I was I was mostly joking about that kind of stuff, but you know, fan service is fan service and yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> That's pretty much all I have to say about that. Dear God. <laughs> but, so just just real quick. Uh, I was the only one that got confused when they did the whole switcheroo again, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. I I knew who who took who. Yeah. Okay. And, and the eye trick. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I never even paid attention to the eyes. The eyes give it away. The eyes are the reflection of the soul, or the window to the soul, or whatever the thing is. So let, let's oh, talk Kiel about the has, has the more immortal. color to her. Okay. The same. Sorry. Yeah, Kill is like a darker shade, like slightly. Yeah, I noticed tear. that during the opening. When when it's like just them repeating, you you do mm-hmm. you notice the differences there? Yeah, yeah. Diana's like pale. She was from the moon. Pale as the moon. Yeah, exactly. Pale and as lovely as the moon. Yeah. <laughs> God. Anyways, let's talk about the moto. Sochi. Ah, uh, jeez. Uh, well, no, because I actually want to bring up Gavin more. More than anything. Gavain. Oh gosh. Gavon. So, what happened to Gavin, boys? Got nuked! Exactly. So, I... <laughs> the, the, the Diana counter got a 25 kill streak. <laughs> All right, so, Gavin dies. The marriage is more or less off. Uh, I, I guess Sochi did love Gavin since she did wear the wedding dress. I think that so. was just a out of guilt. part of, like... Yeah, kind of out of... Well, like, depression... Not, like, didn't denial. Like, like you know... Or grief. 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 It's like a stage of grief. Yeah. Yes. Acceptance? I think so, yeah. I don't think she really actually, like, cared... Wow. Well, no, no, I don't mean like that. I mean, like, like she didn't care, like, about the whole... 
Can I be fair? I don't think anybody cared that Gavin died. Well, those two, his two men did. But no, I meant like, as in Sochi. Not that much from the looks of it. <laughs> well, you. I meant like, Sochi didn't even cry about it, did she? Like, very much until the dress scene? Uh, I think she cried initially, but I think it was just like slightly tearing up and not really full on crying. I don't think, I think she was more. Crying. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with Jose. It was like guilt. Like, oh, I didn't like him, but. Now he's dead, so I feel bad, and now I want to be with. Now I want to be married to him for real for like five seconds, and then I don't anymore after. Wow. Anyways, I mostly want to bring up the nukes. Um, I get it. Nuclear fallout it destroys the entire area and stuff like that. It, it feels kind. It kind of feels weird when there are giant robots that have lasers that can kind of do the same thing but keep things habitable. You know what's really weird though. The uh, if if those are actually Zaku's, then they have. The they should Mano- also have a nuclear core. They do have a Manovsky nuclear reactor in them. Well, they're not. They're baloney. They're not Bor- Borgia- Borgianor. As- they are Zaku's. Someone says they're Zaku's yeah, now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it was cancer that straight up I said I, I, I think, off Zaku's. I missed that then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're probably they're like probably real Zaku's, and that means that they, which is yeah, that is kind of weird. I was thinking the same thing, like when they were, yeah, because they blew up one and it did like a huge amount of damage, right? Yeah, I remember them blowing up one of the Zaku's and it like went off like a nuke, and I'm like, what? So isn't it's like the same thing? Yeah, but because we saw more concentrated. Well, no, 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 it's not because I don't, I don't know how Zaku works. We saw in Victory when they would shoot them in the core and they'd explode, like it was like an they were like actively avoiding doing that because of the destruction that it caused, because it's it's basically a nuke going off. So if we take that in. Colony? No, no, on Earth when they were in like the little Mexico looking portion when they were like destroying it and then uh Uso throws a suit at them to cause like a nuclear explosion to stop it. It's huge. It like destroyed everything. So then they nuked pretty, Mexico. Pretty much, yeah. But um it's just it was it's kinda weird that they don't care about that the the those mobile suits going up unless they don't understand it completely. But they care about those like little nukes. I, maybe they're just more powerful. Maybe, I don't know. I, I also find it weird that they can have their hatches open, but so long as they're still sitting in the main cockpit, they're exactly. for the radiation. Dude, exactly! That's what I was about to say. Laurent Oleron also know. does not know the cop who has enough protection. He says, you should be fine. Yeah, that was weird. So she has cancer. Probably. Well, they all have cancer or radio like radiation poisoning. <laughs> the ball. <laughs> oh, I do want to... Since Crystal said Kapool, like, after our last episode, me and Crystal oh, right. both looked... Me and Crystal both looked up the the Kapool and realized that it's actually from Double Zeta. Because we were talking about what everything's from, and we said it looked like a, like a Zagok or something. But it's actually... An, the, the Kapool, spelled slightly differently, but still Kapool, is from Double Zeta when they do the whole Africa arc. Um, the underwater mobile suits that they use in that scene are, is the Kapool. So that was... Oh. So they are actually from Double Zeta. So from Double Zeta, so it makes it makes sense why I didn't remember them. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm, I'm I'm still so hard on Double Zeta for no reason. It's funny seeing it walk around like right next. Oh, uh, but the, the uh, it is a very odd mobile suit. For, <laughs> I don't. I it just feels like it'd be a joke mobile suit. Like yeah, I I don't I can't take it seriously. Well, it is, in this portion they say it's actually a water mobile suit too. Like when they're well, when they say like, it, it surprisingly works well in the water. Yeah. Which we know why now. During Sochi and Laurent's little adventure, which apparently shows them uh, go- being friends again. Uh, friends in quotations, by the way. Yeah, I do gotta say, I, I like that portion. Um, 
Also, did I detect like a hint of Loran maybe seeing her as a woman? Uh, that's happened since when she first said she was going to marry Gavin. 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 Um, oh, honestly, he, I thought I thought that he was just worried as a servant. No, he was jealous. Like, oh my, my lady is uh, engaged to a man almost twice her age. That's creepy. Which no, is. because in the in the um, in the pre in the next episode recap, he says, yes. "Lady Sochi gave her heart away to somebody else, or her heart belongs to some other man now, oh, or something part, like yeah. that." Yeah, so I'm pretty sure he's uh, he's eyeing her. Which is weird because her older, hotter sister, her older, hotter sister is there. Why? What's the matter? Sometimes you just want to go for the younger sister. No. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say about Sochi. I don't personally, I still have the same feelings I did about her at the beginning. She's still defiant. She maybe a little less this time around. She kind of listened a couple times to Lauren, but overall, she's still, she's, she's still, still kind of the same. Bossing him around. Yeah, uh, my favorite arc was an arc we're gonna be talking about soon, um, with the the like I guess I'm gonna call them Aztec people, where she's not there. <laughs> so, so yeah, well, surprise! When it comes I'm, I'm to actually Sochi. surprised you're gonna call that favorite. Yeah. Well, she wasn't there, but so Sochi. Um, the best thing that I can say about Sochi, I feel, is is that at least she's like self-aware. So she's grown in like a few aspects, but I think the most important one to me is the one that she's very self-aware now. Like she knows she's annoying. She knows she makes rash decisions and all that kind of stuff. And she's just like out out with it when it comes to like talking to Laron. Like they're having a conversation. And I'm pretty sure she just tells them she's like, hey, you know, I'm emotional on this kind of stuff. Like I forgot the exact words, but they're having a conversation. And she's basically telling him like, hey, you know, I, I, I'm basically the same as I was in the beginning. Um, but in doing so... She She's showing that she's very self-aware of her of her flaws. So, I mean, I can kind of respect that at least a little bit. It's the same kind of thing that I had, you know, that I initially thought of, like, Relena back in Wing before we got any real context for her character. Like, oh, she just does things. Um, she's self-aware. That's the first step toward me being able to respect the character. Like, it, it's something. And just because you don't like a character themselves doesn't mean that they're bad. I think I said that back during when we were watching, um, what is it? Uh, 08 MS team. Cause I didn't like that turd Mikael or Michael or whatever the, whatever his name was, the kid. Um, yeah, pretty much the same thing applies. Like, I don't think she's a, like a bad character because she's showing like bits and pieces of progression. She's being a lot more useful now and, um, helping Laurent and all that kind of stuff. And she's going through different phases and stages of her life life and you know if she's just showing more growth with Laron and uh I appreciate that but you know you you can't you can't um change her personality her personality is not going to totally change and maybe like if she gets older but that's like talking way out of the series and all that kind of stuff that's just like hypothetical headcanon shit um but yeah I just appreciate her growth I don't know she's still definitely not my favorite character but you know respect and credit where credit is due yeah on oh, that Gavon guy he was yeah I'm glad he died I did not care for him oh he, he sucked he was annoying Again, too nobody. He, he was super f he was dude he was full of himself like every time that he was on screen he was like he was like oh we're gonna do this we're gonna we're gonna defeat you guys the the moon race and you know this is our land and we're i'm the ace here i'm the the captain and he got his mexican ass blown up um wow wow yeah. and he's a predator i just yeah it's like bruh i was like hermano este paisa hermano. He just he don't belong dude like uh, dude i'm mexican i can say this he don't belong <laughs> You don't <laughs> I still like him. He has a Strider scarf. 
<laughs> no, he, no, he is a disgrace to the Strider scar. He doesn't exactly, deserve it. Exactly. He sucks. He sucks, and I did not feel an ounce of sadness for when he died. I, I, I just hope. Please let that tactical nuke have killed him, and make sure that he didn't somehow get away. <laughs> yeah. No, he's gone. He's gone. He belongs to history now. Thank you, Tomino. But yeah, onward. So going back to the. Uh... <laughs> Going back to the whole nuclear bomb thing. Uh, what's Laurent doing? He's carrying them in his chest of the turn A that he rides into battle very often. He's trying not to. <laughs> he is definitely trying not to. And uh, it's, it's, it's nice for his character. Seeing that he is willing to jump into everything to help, but also being kind of dumb and forgetting that he has nuclear warheads into in his chest that can blow up if he is hit in a bad way. Either or, I, I very much like that Laurent is getting more screen time, and he's not just a background character. He hasn't changed much. He, he really has not changed much from when we first met him. That's perfectly fine for him. Laurent is a-okay where he is right now, and I love him. What do you guys think about our not-so-naked boy anymore? Jose, do you want to go first? Um, sure. So, I think that Laron has, as we were saying before, like in the previous batch of episodes, he is being a lot more perceptive when it came to things. He took, like, a backseat when it came to, you know, his role, and he was in the background more often. He's taking things in, he's observing the scenes, he's observing how people react to certain things, and he's put that into practice this time around. He takes oh, everything into consideration when it comes to like Sochi. He starts befriending her, which leads to probably the best interactions that we've seen with Sochi uh, in general, when her and Laurent are just kind of like, you know, hanging out together, going, you know, crossing the ocean and all that kind of stuff. And they're having good conversations. They're being honest with each other. It's leading to good character moments between them that are actually pretty memorable. And even though I don't, you know, ideally, I don't want Laurent to <laughs> to try to get at her, you know, as a romantic interest. I can respect him and his desires as, you know, the main boy, you know, he's 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 too cool. He's too cool for school, but he still decides to show up anyway. Um, so I, I think that he's respectable in a lot of the in a lot of ways in terms of that. I think that him being conscious and and, and actively taking a role to protect the nukes and take them and you know try to get rid of them basically live up to different people's promises that he makes in trying to find peace like to to that king guy um the king guy from the aztec thingy that you guys were are gonna mention Odo. um yeah he's Takoto khan <laughs> um you know he's he's trying to live up to the promise that he made him and that he's just trying to live out for himself in, in making a peaceful, you know, world, society, and having peace between people and just get rid of those damn things. You know, there's it's it's a heavy burden for his character also, him being so kind and being someone that is mostly kind of like doing the grunt work most of the time. Uh, he really has to take these things head on by himself. Like he's put in a, in a position that I feel like I can kind of like compare it to like a you know like leader characters like diana and and uh kiel and that have their own responsibilities and stuff mostly diana because you know she has the whole history but you know this thing is just like a heavy burden on him with the that nuke just hanging out in his chest and he's trying like he's honestly trying he recognizes that people are just dicks that if, if they find this weapon they're going to try to utilize it in some way you know he recognizes that gain is just like using uh pretty much every new discovery of a weapon that he can find he's having fun with that kind of stuff he knows that you know people 
people like um, that the Phil or Commander Phil or whatever Phil guy, um, that they're just very chaotic figures that are going to try to force their way with any kind of huge weaponry that they could, you know, basically stockpile into their arsenal and try to basically be a tyrant over people ruling in fear. Um, so... I like that he recognizes that kind of stuff. He He's always been trying to be that kind of figure in the middle that has been trying to help both sides. But he recognizes that both sides are shitty one way or another. At the end of the day, they're going to have people within those factions that are shitty. And so he decides to take, take it all upon himself to try to uh, go on this quest to get rid of and dispose of those nukes in space so that no harm comes to anybody. So I just, I think that that's the biggest thing that he's been doing for, for pretty much this bulk of episodes. And it's really respectable. I find his character very admirable. He's staying strong to the things that he believes in and um, staying steadfast in them as well as also trying to be, you know, supportive to pretty much everybody else around him. Whether it's Sochi, whether it's Kiel, whether it's, uh, you know, Queen Diana, whether it's pretty much anybody else, Sid, um, even... Uh, Joseph during some instances uh, you know there's just there's a lot going on and he's starting to like try to get his hand into everything and not just like in the cynical kind of way that he wants to be like the star of, you know of the show and the attention hoarder or where things are going to his head like you know we've had characters like Amro that are just like only I can do it because I'm the pro I'm the master I'm the beast they need me they need me you know like that um yeah <laughs> and and so forth and other examples throughout the series you know he's not letting things get to him he's trying to just be humble be honest and being the best person that he can be in these situations and doing what's necessary so overall, I, I like so far where Laurent has gone. I think that he's suffering a little bit. Maybe, potentially. We'll go into these final episodes until I really can say. But I, I feel like he's going into... He's suffering a tiny bit from something that Mark had mentioned during like the first batch of episodes that we watched. And that he's not killing anybody. I think... Uh, I don't remember him actively I'm going to be fair. I'm actually so fine with him not killing anybody. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. winning no, it's any not of something fights, that... though. That, that's, that's the issue I'm having. <laughs> yeah, no. It's not something that... That's super like that's to the detriment of his character but i i just think that it would be a little bit more impactful in, in the series overall to show that he or or give him basically a demonstration of him having the guts to be able to do everything that he needs to like you know he makes the threats for sure but you know he doesn't he hasn't i guess given the or, or given the walk or, or whatever whatever you want to say he's but pointed like the said, gun but hasn't pulled the trigger yeah 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 that's a lot better thank you um, but like I said, I don't think that's a, a particular detriment to his character because overall he's like a peaceful character that doesn't want that to re resort to that kind of stuff. And so far he's gotten away with it. Like, you know, in best case scenarios have pretty much played out for the most part. So I, in very satisfactory ways. So I, I can't, I can't like harp on it or anything to such a, such a degree, but yeah, I'm liking where Laurent's going. So I'm curious uh, what Mark has to say, you know? Hit it, Mark. Yes, yeah, so I really didn't have any issues with Ron this time around either. I mean, I haven't up to this point, and I still don't. I I really like his character. I like how he's always focused on on what the mission is. He's never focused on himself at all. When they tell him to do something, or when he thinks he needs to do something, that's all he thinks about. And I really admire that in the, his character. I think that that makes for... a a really likable character that doesn't have any of these well you know you gotta have some things you hold true to yourself and 
uh, like for example, like judo, he wasn't really loyal to the Argama. He was loyal to like his friends and family and sister in particular. And sometimes that caused conflict within the Argama. And for him, I think that that worked for his character, but Laron not having that, I think also works. I think he, his drive is to make sure everything ends and resolves peacefully. And I think in doing and, and having that as a goal, He's able to to actually focus on the missions and stuff because he knows that ultimately the result should be peace based on what he's heard, what everyone's saying, and I really like that about his character. Um, this time around, the only thing that I could I was really was really odd to me was how f- <laughs> how far he was trying to get away from everything to, th- to throw the nukes because I, I don't know how nukes work, but I don't think you have to. I don't think throwing them into the vacuum of space is gonna be too bad, even if you're you know swordish. Yeah, but then he, he then he wants to be away from the moon, and then he's got to find the perfect in between. But um, that's not that's not on Laron. That's that's him being cautious and. And I like and I like how he's cautious. Um, I also like so this one one part I, I I really liked was when he was when the crew got all drunk and then they were trying to like leave to go to Earth, but they were in space and they didn't have you know atmospheric reentry or anything like that, so they just flew out in those zakus and <laughs> were about to die. And Laurent just like flies out there and he like you know it shows that he he's still the same dude same kind old Laurent who's not going to do anything bad i mean he was willing to sacrifice himself to like wear them out to so someone else could come and get them like i mean if if they didn't run out of oxygen they might have hit him with that he hawk or whatever they had and blew themselves up along with pretty much everybody within the vicinity <laughs> well yeah what was that oh no i was like i to- i didn't totally forget but i forgot to bring that up yeah that's a really good example of his, his kind-heartedness yeah and everyone acts like that was his master plan the whole time like, oh my god and he he's sitting there like oh god i almost died <laughs> these idiots <laughs> but, but yeah overall no no issues with Laurent this time around um he did teach so she had to fly in space which was kind of cool. I liked how they got out and explored a little bit, and yeah, I think I think uh, overall, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where Laron goes, um, how this is gonna end for him. But yeah, that's it. Hopefully, we stay part of the positive for him. Thirteen episodes could kill a character, literally. That too. Holy shit. Anyways, uh, what happened to uh Keith? He stayed on Earth, right? Right. Yeah. And you know who gets more screen time? Fran. Fran. Hey, we get to see more Fran this time around. She's piloting a airplane. Oh. She's hanging out with people. Uh, she's Joseph's yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think so. We 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 did say that we wanted to see a bit more of her doing things, and hey, she's doing things now. They don't seem to be that important, but hey, good job. Yeah. Honestly, I also just wanted to bring it up because I had, I do not remember what happened to Keith. <laughs> he just stayed. He's just there chilling. Just stayed selling bread to both people. Making bread. Both sides. He's got to make his Literally. bread somehow. Pounding dough and probably pounding more than just dough. Okay, let's move on. The owner's daughter. So, uh, oh my God. <laughs> right, Mark, you brought up the little mutiny with, uh, with, with the, uh, Will Gem crew. So let's, let's go ahead and talk about Phil and the rest of the Diana counter. Hold it. <laughs> Yeah, we all figured Phil was gonna do some bullshit thing like this. So, uh, I, I, mm, how do I put this? He's an asshole. Like, damn. D- did he ever figure out that uh, Kiel was Diana, or did he just have the thought and never could never actually confirm? Never confirmed. Yeah. All right. So he's also dumb. Can't even look into their eyes. 
<laughs> not only is he dumb, but Anyways. he's a fucking bitch, dude. He freaking pointed that that gun right at freaking Kiel or Diana. I don't remember who it was. I'm pretty sure Diana. it was Kiel at the oh, time. Diana was it? Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, 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 you're right. It was Diana. That's why I was so pissed. I was like, dude, this guy, he wants to fucking die. He better die, dude. He better he better get that gun shoved straight up his ass by Harry. Like, and then pull the trigger while it's in, deep into his rectum and fucking destroyed. Bastard. Holy oh, shit. That. How could he fucking do this, dude? How could he? It's fucked up. How could you do that? I'm going to interrupt right there. So, Mark, yeah, you said you called it. I, I figured he was going to do something like that. Knowing, I don't, I, I don't think he's going to be in power for too long. I don't know how he's going to die, but I'm pretty sure he's going to die. Yeah, that's going to be a weird, um, this late into the game, introducing the mutiny, I think it, I think it just gives a reason for your Diana and Kale to both be in space at the same time because they have no, like, they would have no ties to Earth. At this point, because the Inglesa is flying to to space and Diana Counter on Earth is under the control of Phil right now. So, but that aside, I don't, I don't truly understand. I don't, I, yeah, like you said, I don't know how it's going to resolve, actually, because introducing the new main guy while also introducing another, vi- like, antagonistic force at the same time, unless... Just real quick, I also want to bring up, did they talked about agrippa maintainer for uh, since pretty much the first couple episodes and we still have not seen him yeah well yeah As, unless he oh. i think i'm pretty sure he's jim jim jeningham he's uh he's uh jim spangham uh top guy yeah well and, yeah so unless phil's kind of tied directly to that group which i don't remember if he is or not uh mirin is yeah oh yeah mirin is so yeah those two and Mirren's gonna assassinate him there. i don't know I, I know it's just right there mirin's gonna assassinate him <laughs> Well, m- well, Mirren seems to be kind of working for the enemy, so... He did give Diana to a uh, zombie guy. Yeah. They're going to deliver him to Jim Gingerhain. So I'm just curious how this how this issue is going to be resolved. Being this late in the game, are they going to go back to Earth? Are they going to go to the moon and fight? Um, so it's going to be... Are they going to enter a black hole? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of... That is kind of an interesting way to... It puts... At this point, it, I I feel like it would put Tomino into a rough spot to to tie everything up well. So I mean, this is just going to be a testament to the series and to Tomino um, to see whether or not this ends up being able to be pulled off well, or if it ends up feeling a little rushed at the end. Um, but I mean, so far he's done great. So so far, I mean, I have faith that this is going to end well and that he's gonna, he has some plan for this rebellion. Because as of right now, they're kind of just in the background because we're in space now and they're on Earth. So they also did get introduced. In the... Wait, no, when did they get introduced? When did the whole mutiny begin? It was early on, wasn't it? Uh, middle early-ish, yeah. Okay, that's rough, but it is a bit late to be getting introduced now. Yeah, but I feel like it was building up to this, so there's got to be some sort of plan. Um, so I, yeah, I'm just I'm curious how it's going to end, and I'm excited to see how it's going to end more so than worried just because of how the rest of it's being handled is pretty well so i think that the rebellion so far has been i think i think i think the time that it was like introduced is an okay place i feel like we've seen this throughout gundam in general and it's kind of formulaic this is probably one of the things that stands out as probably the most the most formulaic thing that this series has done in terms of like the older series um i'm a lot more confident this time around because i feel like that this is 
taking off uh, at an earlier point because usually we would see this kind of thing like within like the last batch of episodes that we would be talking about like our part four most of the time which would make things oftentimes feel very rushed um we're actually talking about it during like the halfway point of our part three that's already like a fair amount of time compared to the other series so that plus the um like mark was saying the good job that tomino has done so far with this series i think i have hope that it will play out in a very decent or satisfactory way um when it comes to the whole like the whole um i guess the, the resistance is it the militia the man the only thing is just mm. while they have their part i don't feel like i don't feel like i can really say too much about it at this point like i feel like it's still kind of like mm. If you don't have anything to say on it, that's fine. I mean, aside from the rebellion, you can also talk about just the characters, because you know, uh, we all know how much you love Poe. Want to talk about her? Well, I already discussed my hatred of that bastard, um, fucking Bill Bill Latain. But um, Poe is another idiot. That I, yes, I'm glad you you brought her up because um, she's really stupid, dude. I really don't like her. Um, her loyalties. Not as Phil, apparently. Yeah, yeah, he does he's just like yo bitch you keep screwing this up he keeps get, he keeps like hooking her with the same line too like oh you know uh you screwed up go reclaim your honor and make up for it that he's just he said that to her like three or four times now throughout the series like she's just like always guilt trips herself she's like oh i screwed up so hard and you know feeling down on herself and phil gives her the same crap every single time oh well you know uh, go reclaim your honor do something about it and she always does the same shit it's just like she's going out to try to do something and then she, it was a little bit awry she starts going crazy losing her head she's like oh i don't care if i have to kill you know who and who and betray diana for phil even though i swore my allegiance to her and all this dumb shit all the freaking time she flip-flops like all every every chance every time that she seems like she's going in a, in one direction she flip-flops and it's always back to phil she's like she's like uh somebody that just can't get out of like a toxic relationship she's just like flip-flops harder than a politician and a fucking chancla like i just i don't like her she's she's reminding me uh of what's uh what's his face freaking jared freaking yeah jared um frost the frost turds exactly yes 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 she's just get rid of her already i just want to listen the most i could say is that jared had potential he did have potential and to be honest i feel like poe has instances in which her potential was there like she could have turned around and been like hey i swore my allegiance to queen diana and i should stay steadfast by that phil is using me turn around and do all this stuff to try to actually you know live up to the oath that i that i basically pledged to under our leader but no it's just always back to phil every single fucking time just tired of it dude i'm tired of her i'm tired of her bad haircut i'm tired of her just being stupid dude like she doesn't do anything get rid of her bad haircut let her die just let her die please damn yeah like she doesn't i don't know i feel like there's other characters that kind of like piss me off more but i think she's definitely the one like so far in this series oh yeah yeah Wufei. she but I had to. no I had no to just just poe sucks dude just poe sucks get her out of here please Laurent, just finish her off next time you see her please somebody just i don't know do something if, about her i'm sick of her Jose, how would you feel if poe is Laurent's 
only kill in this series. I feel perfectly happy and content. Very. I'd be I'd be singing the Mr. Rogers song happily. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day, you know, just fucking cloud nine bliss to take this trick out. Yeah, I'm just tired of her. I'm just tired of her. She just doesn't have it. She she does not deserve any more screen time. And I hope she doesn't get it. Unless it's a death. And it's her death. But yeah. Wow. She, re she actually reminds me of all the worst aspects of like beginning like time or like you know the first half when lady un was still crazy in gundam wing like it's that kind of stuff plus the idiotic nature of the frost turds plus the wanting to be useful but ultimately being a turd to like you know like jared uh just just get rid of her uh, she's a combination of bad aspects from three different characters a little bit yeah but that's mostly the good thing is that there's tons of characters to remedy that so it's not like a detriment to the series it's just like they get her out of there get her out of there i don't like her she's annoying type of type of deal you know she doesn't ruin the series or anything not by a long shot thankfully so yeah anyway the freaking the rebellion sucks and they can all bite it for turning on the queen oh and then they're, they're, the mvp is one of the guys that's like the guard that's like protect that's like uh imprisoning queen diana he's just like yo there's some of us who are still down for you so uh get going queen we need you and he just like lets her out he just leaves she's like deuces and then bounces so good on that guy so MVP. yeah there are uh, people that still believe in diana still see her as leaders and and specifically, two characters that I'm pretty I'm pretty sure we've ignored up until now. The red team. I don't remember their names. Mark, uh, one was Cancer. What was the other one? Was it like Moron or something? Yeah. <laughs> it literally sounded like Moron. Either way. I, I think we brought them up once, called them hippies, and uh, yes. just didn't say anything more about them. Because I, I specifically did not want to bring it up because I figured they were just going to be some Team Rocket-ass characters that just would show up cause some trouble and fuck off later but uh no we spend a lot more time with them since they are helping diana they are some loyal ass people that will who where so we we mark you brought up the whole mistletoe stuff before and uh diana was more or less ready to die there and both both the red red team members were I, they 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 were down to die there too, and it, both of these guys feel like Bruno and Jakob, J just like another Bruno and Jakob. I didn't like them when we first met them. I love these dudes now. Yeah. The dude reminds me of Jose. I'm down with it. Let's do a fan of that of one scene. I was yes. Yeah, no, I, I like them too. I I really like their loyalty. I like how they're like goofy, but in a way that doesn't detract from how cool they are. Like these guys. They've been through it, and they they're still right there with Diana. And oh, I I just I was gonna mention this during the Diana part, but um, you said we we're gonna talk about them a little later. So when Diana just goes up to them and is like, "I remember your ancestors. I remember their their dreams, their goals. I remember how like I remember how loyal they were, and you know what they did for me, and what I what I put them through." and they still remain loyal apparently to this day which is just you know just means a lot to me and that like just her saying that to them and then how, how they reacted to it was like dang yeah you know diana she's she's up there she'll she'll stay up there um because they like they really needed to hear that in that moment like she's still like we're loyal and we've been loyal and the fact that she remembers our our family it, like it meant a lot to them and it, it just like solidified their loyalty to her even more and 
I really thought that was that was a nice touch. So, but yeah, I mean, they're just you know they're just two characters that you you like Ursel said assume we're gonna be goofy like throw away like the the like counterparts. Yeah, yeah, but they're not. They're like actually like coming into their own as characters, and we get to see you know kind of get hints at their backstory and stuff, and that their family was sent there to because they've always been like oh moon people moon people we're we're really moon people we're not earth people, and then she tells them. No, it's okay to like it's okay to be earth people because or to to want to be on earth or to you know that's where you're from because I sent your grandparents or I'm assuming their grandparents down there to to be earth people to like kind of scout out basically what Laron did I guess um, is what their grandparents did so like come down and then spend some time there so I really I really like that little bit of interaction between diana and those two and i'm happy that they're cool yeah she basically like confirms to them that hey this is uh you know your your family are the ones that also wanted to stay so there's nothing wrong with that like you know follow the dreams of your family and your own wishes be happy and like you were saying too that they're just like real ride or die they're super loyal to her and you know they're just they're so simple too I really like that. I really think that's super sweet, super endearing. Like these two hippies, they're just there's there's not a lot that they need. They just needed a little bit of encouragement and the right words from the sweet talking angel that Diana is. And um, you know, they had their resolve. They were just like ready to ready to go out with her. And she's just like being so nice and so kind and just like you know, I want you guys to live on and you know have your your children and stuff on Earth and all that. Basically, just wishing the best for them. And uh, it's super endearing. It's one of those moments in the series that. It actually kind of stands out as just like very humbling because you know we get a lot of humble diana pretty much all throughout the series which is a beautiful thing not something that is always super like demonstrated throughout every other series but this series is is very special when it comes to that i think and it's just really endearing it's really uplifting and uh it just makes you love her character and it makes you feel like for anybody that she like graces with uh her presence her words and all that stuff and and our loyal hippies here that are just down to you know go out like that it's just really endearing and i loved it myself um makes her genuine yeah perfect perfect word for or while while on the subject of loyalty, uh, you got you guys know who I want to talk about. Your boyfriend, Harry, 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 hey. uh, Diana's most loyal soldier. So ah, uh, jeez, how we feeling about Harry? Because like you you know how I've been talking about shark clones and all that jazz. How how I've been searching for one that's gonna be just uh just like the perfect rendition of Shar that's just not Shar. And uh, gotta say, I'm gonna keep looking because Harry is not a shark clone. <laughs> He he is. He definitely is a shark. Okay, clone. he, he kind of is, but he is still more or less his own character. Cause like that's a good shark clone. Okay. <laughs> Or uh, Harry's has had his moments. He's been chasing after Diana on that uh, after Mirren transferred him, transferred her over to the uh, Gingerham squad, and the dude just uh, kept telling them, kept telling them, like, damn, he was committed. And then once he sees them flying away, he utters literally the most badass fucking line I've ever heard in any Gundam series and in any other series since then. And I do not worth. You'll taste the wrath of a man whose hate will survive even if i'm killed and reborn a million times that is the sickest fucking line i've ever heard and i love this dude where's my uh high grade gold symbol i need it uh you know i gotta say he also also kisses kill he also kisses kill (laughs) 
Thank you. Boss. Speaking of which, just gonna throw in real quick. After punching her in the gut. Yeah. What a savage. Oh, I was just gonna say that that um that line that you love so much actually pretty much just reminded me of like demise from the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Basically, the first incarnation of the eternal villain. Yeah, that's actually like what he says. (laughs) So. I thought that was I, I will also I want to bring up real quick in the subs uh it says survive even I'm killed <laughs> the subs we watched yeah the subs we watched um I just want to say so that that uh Harry's betrayal like semi betrayal I wouldn't really call it was actually like I was genuinely surprised by it and I did not see it coming at all I thought he was gonna stick with them until they got to Diana but he like He's like, nope. And that, like, I was like, what? What is going on? Because it just, like, comes out of nowhere. He's just, like, he's just, like, chilling. And then he's like, I'm sorry. Punches kill in the gut and, like, basically takes her. Well, he doesn't punch her at first. He, like, tries to escape with her. And then you find out he's trying to use her to, like, barter with Jim Jenning and for the real Diana. So that's, that was a little scummy, but, you know. Anything for his queen. Dude's on a mission. Yeah. Uh, but I was just surprised that I was able to like, like make me go, what? Wait, what's going on? What? And, uh, so that was interesting. I mean, other than that, I f- like it kind of that moment made everything that Harry did make sense because he was like helping the Inglesa and all this stuff. And at first you're like, you know, he's kind of been hanging around him a little bit, but he was, but then you realize he's only been around them because Diana was there. And then he's only, he's literally only been doing things for Diana, not any group, not any, like not even Diana counter or anything like that. Just Diana as an individual. So him siding with Inglesa for a little bit just to get close to Diana and be able to catch up to her. I mean, he's got his priorities <laughs> and uh, he hasn't really f- fed it from them yet. So um, he's sticking true to his character. He, I like, I mean, I'm going to say this and it's going to be like the hot take for this series from me, but I like Harry more than Char. I think Harry is a better character than Char at this point in the series. I mean, that could change, but as of right now, I like Harry more. So, um, I'm in agreement. I mean, yeah, I respect I mean, it as much as as much as I want to say counterattack never happened. Well, no, happened. I'm talking like even I'm talking even like Char, like, like from just an MSG, MSG Char, just Char, just Char. If it, like if, if I just saw MSG and then I saw Turn A, I would still I think I would still like Harry more than Char if if counterattack never happened. That's for me. And uh, you know, I'm not. I don't know if I'm on the cusp of saying he's he's better than Quattro Bagina because he's not. That that type of, right he's there. not that he's not that character he's, he's not, not that character so he can't you can't compare the two but he is similar to msg char and i like harry more than msg shars i mean i know all the char fanboys but you know you gotta you gotta give credit where credit's due and i think tomino's mastered the character in harry but char was the necessary stepping stone for that mastery because i don't think char is a bad character i i do like char a lot but i think harry is like peak peak tomino this whole series is peak tomino so Therefore, Harry's peaked on me. <laughs> I, I like I like that we refer to three different versions of Sharp as three different things. They are. They're completely different. It's true, though. And uh, Quattro oh, Bagina is not Shar. No, yeah, Quattro Bagina is uh, is Jamil Bidan. <laughs> 
he's a yeah. or, you know Jamil from Gundam X. I think he's the idealized Quattro Bagina, other than Quattro Bagina himself. Um, but I am actually I in agreement with, with Mark. Yeah, I am actually in agreement with Mark in in terms of liking you know or thinking that. Harry is actually a better character than, like, OG Sharp, because, like, if you just look at that series, like, his presence, while it was there, it wasn't necessarily still the strongest. He was, like, a lurking presence, whereas Harry, he is pretty much always front and center whenever he's needed, whenever he's doing something, you know, he's also scheming in the background, and but always staying true to his character. I think that, um, that the twist where he, he betrayed, you know, Kiel... Uh, I didn't see it coming either. So that, that caught me off guard. Like, I was literally, like, my jaw had dropped. And I was like, oh, shit! You know, I was like, no, <laughs> no way. It was just, it was just, it was really good. It was a good twist, and I didn't see it coming myself. Um, and I, I just think that Harry has a stronger presence in this series in comparison to how Char, uh, like, his presence was in the original MSG. I think that Harry is you know he he even airs out like little bits and pieces of his history and his you know his life a little bit more whereas like i don't know anything too much i know just very little things but you know the basic enough to know that you get more history for char's character later on in other series and just looking at it yeah i mean call the origin for a reason (laughs) but you know like we just get we don't pretty much don't really get a lot of that stuff in the original MSG for him. He's very like shrouded in mystery pretty much throughout most of the time. He does his badass shit, but so does Harry in in this series. And Harry also gets like little bits and pieces of his lore and his background. Like you know, he just dishes them out casually every now and then. Um, but I just think that he has a stronger presence in this series. I think that his betrayal like felt like it meant something. Like, it felt impactful because, one, it was just executed well. We didn't see it coming. Um, At least, you know, so far, Mark and I. Did you see it coming, Garcel? It was betrayal? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then none of us saw it coming. So that was pretty awesome. That's just generally an awesome thing. Um, But it it still stays, like, in line with his character, how Mark was saying. And so we can't, like, we can't fault him for that. He's a man on a mission. He he does his thing. And he's just on that hustle, dude. You just got to respect it like you just i Um, I really don't have anything bad to say about him uh i do gotta say i'm gonna i'm gonna say this before (laughs) all the fanboys come and attack me but i do not that is not jose's reasoning for liking harry is not the same as mine like yeah or the comp the comparison to char isn't the same i mean i don't care about char's backstory i think char as a character every like note that was hit was done well I just think ultimately the whole Lala Soon aspect of his character was the was to the to his detriment for me as a like in the, like me. Oh yeah, th- counterattack. Well, not not counterattack, just MSG Shar. I think having like what why Lala Soon? Like just because she's a new type. There's Amr right there. He's a, he's a stronger new type. Maybe I, I don't know. He's, he's a new type. He was feeling. Well, it doesn't. It just. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't, like, you never get that. You don't know, like, st- people to this day still debate, like, did he think of her as a mother? Did he think of her as a lover? Did he think of her as just a, a new type connection? Which, yeah, I mean, he, he didn't true. have, he didn't even have strong new type powers. So, like, if his connection was that deep with her, like, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of weird. It seemed like she had a better connection with Amaro, honestly. 
but Harry, like we under we get like why he he's he wants to be with Diana. He definitely he's already admitted that he like loves her pretty much. And he's also been with her through everything, like as far as I'm aware, through most of what she's been doing, he understands who she is and how she acts and how she presents herself and her goals and her desires and her dreams and all this stuff, which makes me, which makes Harry's actions more acceptable to me because I actually know why he's doing what he's doing. Like Shar just like, seems some like he seemed like the crazy ex boyfriend who was chasing the chick, you know, like that's kind of ultimately what it, it either, it either boils down to that or that he, I don't know. That's all I can think of. Like he's either the crazy ex or he thinks of her as like a weird mom, which is also weird and doesn't make any sense. Or it's a crazy new type connection with like a Camille Ford type of thing. But Char never has shown himself to be that powerful of a new type to have that kind of connection. Unless it doesn't matter how weak you are, but you know, ultimately those are my reasons why I think Harry's a better Char than Char because he has reasons. He's <laughs> not blind but yeah that's, that's all i have to say on that all right well i mean you you really covered everything well, I, in terms I'm... of him like that very well so what it, here here's what here's what i say all right this motherfucker will laugh at you for thinking that you have a chance against him or thinking that you know he's not loyal to his cause or you accuse him for something he'll just laugh at you and be like ha, ha, fool you thought you had me but no uh, this guy, he's willing to work out in the fields and just look casual, like, in a freaking button-up t-shirt. Yeah. And he's, like, rocking the sweaters. He's rocking those glasses pretty much 24-7 all the time. This guy has no fucking shame, I swear. Um, that's why... I, uh, this guy... He's like, uh, like we were saying, like he's be the better Char in the same way that freaking uh, Jamil is, you know, still the the very good Quattro. You know, they both commit to the glasses. They both got their thing going on. They're both they both got their chic happening, and uh, they're just they're rocking this shit, dude. They're shameless. They're thugs, dude. They're just shameless. they're bouncing. They're G's, dude. They're, I just got. Tons of respect for this Chad. Like, he, how's he gonna mac on this chick? How's he gonna accept all of these uh, gracious words of love and hope and and desires and promises from like Kiel? Like, oh, the like the last thing, just promise me that I die in your arms. And he's just like, I don't know about that doll. And then he freaking he freaking lays it on her. He kisses her. He's like, "Yo, I don't know if this is enough, but I'm still I'm still gonna let you have it right now." And uh, <laughs> he he lets her have it. He straight, you know, he's shameless, dude. He straight grabs both the cheeks and then lets her have it. And he doesn't even mind that her eyes are wide open throughout the whole thing because she's just that shocked at how much of a chad he is. So, uh, you know, he's, he's a wearing the glasses, so he might have his eyes yeah. open too. He's a giga chad, dude. Yeah, this guy's a fucking <laughs> savage. If, if a Char is a Chad, then freaking Harry's a giga chad, dude. Dude, this guy's got he's got big dick energy for days. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he, I like Harry. He's freaking dope, though. So. Yes, Garcelle's yes. dreams are finally coming true. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my high grade gold sumo? Garcil, you are free to fap now. <laughs> you think I have it? You really think I have it? There was, I don't want to be this character. The shirtless, the shirtless scene. The, I mean, the the sleeveless yeah. scene. Come on, dude. Yeah. You you had to have been tempted. 
You had to have been tempted right then and there. I, I, I'm honest about it, dude. Like, he's a handsome man. Damn, he looks good. Respect, you know. He is uh, a handsome man. Yeah. He, and he's got the sweater game, dude. He's got the, I respect the sweater game the highest. You guys know me. I, I've always liked sweaters. And this motherfucker, he's, uh, he's got sweater game, dude. Even like when it's freaking hot outside. Why is he wearing a sweater in the first place? Cause he just likes them and he's just that down. Like, he's just, he's, he's too cool. He's just too much well, of a savage. Sweater best yeah it was, it was a, a sweater vest and he's wearing a fucking pink shirt yeah <laughs> the boy's drip is on point dude yeah so see look at that he freaking had the drip he he took keith's drip from uh stardust memory like i was giving keith massive props for wearing that and uh you know this guy wears that plus sweaters dude and he's working out like out in the heat and he's you know getting shit done he's just he's dope dude i feel like we're all just fanboying over harry ord now but you know it's me. yeah <laughs> so as far as we've been aware we've been introduced to the big bad of gim gingerham uh he, he got shown near the last bit of these episodes so uh, there's not much to actually talk about, but what are you guys' first impressions on him? Because I'm gonna be honest, I thought it was gonna be fatter. I th- right, I think too. it's the hair that made me think that he was gonna be like um Blackbeard from One Piece. I was also <laughs> figured he was gonna be like gigantic too, but uh no, uh he what is did... pretty damn skinny. Why did you call him Gingerham? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Dude, oh, I don't know how to that? say his fucking name. Gringaham. Gingerham. I don't know how to say his name. Gingerham. It's like Jingham. Jingham. Jim Jingham. I will personally stick to Gingerham until he does something cool. Gingerham. I like it. I like it. So again, we have not seen much of him, but what do you guys think about our so-called battle god? He has a sword. That is literally all we think about. I mean, he doesn't he really. Comes, do- he doesn't do much. I'm just saying, like first impressions. He comes from like this uh background of warriors, but as yeah, I he, him, they're just in practice. He is. He's so. Fu- he's like one of the most full of themselves characters I've ever seen. Um, he's like, oh, my lineage is that of a, of a warrior race, and uh, he's like, and he's not Vegeta. He he's Vegeta. He's yeah, just for anybody that wants to know, he is voiced by Dio Brando uh, from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cares. Uh, he cares about his heritage a lot, and that he's a, like a like an elite person. He's he, he's a noble. So he's like, oh, are you a noble? And then he has got like these idiots following him around that are like, eh, that are apparently also noble, but they look like they don't look like it. So don't look like it. <laughs> yeah. Don't do you, judge a book by its cover. Do you mean that they like look kind of dinky? They look dumb. They don't look like aesthetically pleasing characters, yeah. I guess. Easy. Yeah. Oh, uh, never mind. So they're like, he has the pilot of turn from one piece. All right. Oh yeah. So he's like a, he's like a, he's like a dong who thinks he's all high and mighty. He's all ripped and shredded. He's got scars all over him. He's got a sword, and he's never fought in any battles. <laughs> he's like only fought in simulation battles, so he doesn't actually know what he's doing, and he thinks like all these simulation tactics are gonna work, and they don't. So it's a oh that thing called a thing Operation E Minor. Yeah, oh, yeah. and then freaking just just blow up the <laughs> mistletoe. Yeah, 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 and then freaking uh, Loran. <laughs> Laron and his his ragtag group of friends just come out there like destroying them all like without any tactics. He's like, "Oh, your tactics are superior." Yeah. Laron's just like, "Keep shooting." 
Doesn't he kill people there? Pretty sure he blows some people up. I'm uh, gonna have to double check that one. I have to double check that one, but I'm pretty sure he does. And if he I does, would, I would just imagine he is shooting to maim, not to kill. In space, it's hard to do. Yeah, in space. Mm, Listen, I don't think he if does he busts up the mobile suit, what happens after that is on space, not on the run. I mean, I mean, there's not too much about Jim Jennings. Right now, he's introduced. I just want first. Yeah, he's introduced, and and like I said before, it it makes it kind of weird because we already have our established villains, which is the Diana Counter and Phil, and now they're adding another layer to that with this guy who seems to be overconfident for some reason. I don't know why. Um, He is. Of a warrior lineage, Mark. Yeah, yeah every right to be confident. <laughs> he's he's like overly confident. So that's uh, going to be interesting to see his downfall to, at the hands of our young lad, Laron. Motherfucker's going to be a master gunman pilot. I'm going to fuck up Laron, isn't he? Jose, what do you think about what do you think about Ginger Ham? Apparently, according to Gressel. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think he's a fucking tool. Like, he hella sucks. And now that you bring that up, that he's, like, never fought in a war, dude. What kind of pansy does this guy have to be to fucking get injured from a simulator? What the fuck? Did he fall off of it and just fucking scratch himself? What a bitch. (laughs) He's, like, fucking slicing logs like it means anything. Motherfucker, logs don't slice back. That doesn't do... That doesn't do diddly dick. I don't know. He just sucks. He's freaking... He's a freaking... He gets disarmed by Kiel. Yeah, what a... Yes, he does. What a shark. Um, but um, he's also just like a douche, like you were saying to the zombie guy. He's like, oh, you know, you're just like a a low born, low blooded fool that doesn't mean anything to us. But you know, go ahead. I am entrusting you with the highest priority that you get a uh, dinosauriel to us, and you know, do your job excellently. But you know, you're still trash. Like what the hell? This guy is the worst. He's a uh... zombie guy is trash, by the way. Yeah, he is trash. Though I had no, yeah. I had no Those thought about bringing him up with. Well, I didn't mention it. I figured we'd just say it was trash. Yeah, no. No, he is trash, for sure. But, you know, it's just, like, the principle behind it. Because he's just, like, bashing this guy just basically entirely out of the fact that he is not a noble. So, that's just, you know, he's just a dick. Um, He is not intimidating at all. Um, In terms of the build-up towards him as a character i think that there's been more build-up towards him than like other series have done for like their final villain because a lot of the times their final like villain or faction or leader or whatever that they have to face off just kind of like boil they just burst into the scene out of nowhere like without any real like lead up or build up or any foreshadowing nothing mentioned here or there they just kind of happen they just fucking bust in like freaking cans just shows up out of buttfuck nowhere in gundam wing and he's just like yo let's fuck shit up it's like dude who are you when have you ever been relevant um but damn (laughs) damn but jim jinningham um (laughs) ginger ham (laughs) he um he's at least kind of been like name dropped quite a few times like leading up to this i think throughout like since yeah since at least like the last batch that we had seen and that's already like way further on that's already like a lot more build up than a lot of the other ending final villain factions i've ever gotten in any of the other series so i think that's kind of neat i feel like that's a new thing that maybe tomino started trying to get in in the series so props to that for trying and it and I think it like just the fact that it's there. I think it's fine. You know, just name dropping him, hinting towards him. That's fine. It's just kind of a little bit disappointing with his character once we actually get him because he's not intimidating. He's not cool. He's basically a wimp. Uh, from what we've you know heard, seen, de- been like shown. Uh, he just has no reason to be, be all high and mighty about himself. Like he's <laughs> I don't know. He's just, he kind of sucks. But you know he doesn't. 
I don't think that he like does anything particularly to drag down the series as a whole. So I, I don't have so much of a beef with him because he's not so uh, he's not like a detriment to the whole series. So I'm 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 okay with that so far. Hopefully it gets better. There's still a fair amount of time until the end actually happens. So and by fair amount of time I mean like a whole batch of episodes because a, a lot of the times like I'd mentioned these kind of villains and final bosses pretty much get shoved in within like the last half of the freaking last batch of the episodes that we end up watching so we'll see how it happens we'll see what goes on he is uh i thought the same as freaking garcelle i thought he was gonna be a lot bigger <laughs> the whole comparison with blackbeard from one piece is actually very adequate and yeah he just looked like he was gonna be like some kind of big beefy menacing figure like in in uh like his his little picture in maxi boost looks like he's like some kind of giant badass and he's just a tool that likes to play with swords and thinks he's all that so yeah jim ginger ham <laughs> let's uh see where where he goes and uh you know hope in one hand and shit in the other and see what one fills up faster but yeah well they're gonna make a meme about the whole ginger ham <laughs> it's brilliant you did good <laughs> So we've already talked about it. Uh, they're in space now. But in order to reach space, they needed this one thing called the mass driver so they can get up into space. And the mass driver was located within the little area of the homeland of the Adeskin people. So, hey, uh, more culture. Ain't that great. Well, most uh, taking inspiration mostly from Aztec and Mayan. Uh, their hairstyles are a bit of ancient Japanese hairstyles. But, uh, Mark, uh, you, you were saying this is, like, your favorite arc? How about, how about you go ahead and start? Uh, I, uh... I should go back and say it's not my favorite arc, but it's it's a good arc. I I, I liked it a lot. Um, and like I said, part of that is because um, there was less Sochi, or there, what what there Sochi. what there was of Sochi was actually good. Like she was actually doing stuff to help Laurent and go against Guin Guin Guin. I'm calling him Guin. Well, how, how the fuck do I still not know how to pronounce his name? It's so weird. But anyway, she like goes against him kind of to help Laurent. Yeah, to help Laurent. She goes against Gein to help Laurent, and that was cool. So I appreciated that. It gave him development, shows you some independence and stuff, and that was pretty cool. Um, I also liked it because, like, the culture thing, like, it's an, like another thing. Like, uh, like Tomino going and digging into his culture pocket and pulling something out and rolling with it that we don't usually see, which is, like, native Mexicans, I guess. And it's... it's it, it, it's different so it's pretty cool and I, I like how joseph even says like you're not from this tribe to the the chick Mylita. that they're yeah Mylita. and uh, he's like what tribe are you from you know you're not from this one are you from this other one which is you know again something cool some little his tribe. Um, yeah his tribe which is uh, some some cool background that didn't necessarily have to be in there because that line didn't really have any like weight or anything it wasn't relevant at all uh, but it was cool to to just hear him say that um i also liked how this like whole portion really didn't have any mobile suit action it was just boots on the ground kind of thing and that's another interesting aspect of this whole situation how that it was kind of like um like a espionage mission which we don't usually get to see that often in, in these Gundam shows, so seeing it was, was cool. And, uh, yeah, and it had a whole overarching story with the Quattro, Quattro? Quattro. Quetzalcoatl. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it, him being, like, a great leader, and to, to be a great leader, you have to see that 
others aren't, you know, sometimes the other person isn't necessarily ready to take on that role and you have to take the blame for it, even though, you know, it might be to the detriment of your own, your own self, but to build up the other person. I think that was cool. That was just a nice little plot, little arc thing that happened. And yeah, we get to space the end of it. Um, I did want to mention before I forget that I actually, so the little, the Zach Traeger, the little device that sends him in the space is, is re- it's like a real concept that I think, I don't know if they this stole, series, they stole it, they stole it. They did from the series, right? This like the NASA. So there, if you look up like, oh, it's called like a, like space slingshot or something like that. I don't know. There's like these NASA plans that are of this, ex- like literally this exact thing. It's it's called the the MMXer mixer or something the momentum exchange electrodynamic reboost tether and it is literally the, the Zach Traeger and in the the paper from NASA I think they said it they were working on it in like 2003 or something 2005 I think the I think it said 2004 actually uh, I'm pulling up the it says 2005 oh really was, was it was a giant 55 mile long space slingshot that would rotate end over end to catch a spacecraft and throw it on a path to the moon this show came out in 1999 so either Tomino had some insider information or they stole this from <laughs> from turn a Gundam which <laughs> is pretty cool and it you know I just wanted to bring that up before I forgot because I thought that was very interesting I had heard another podcast like complete non Gundam like completely irrelevant talking about like a space slingshot design while I was watching turn a like at the in the same kind of time frame and I was like no way so I looked it up and then, yeah it's true so that is a <laughs> that's interesting but yeah yeah Jose what'd you think of these Aztec uh, people um I thought they were cool you know first first we get um we get the Mexicans in the previous batch of episodes we get the, the mexicans <laughs> okay what you know the various cultures then we get our ancestors yes then we get their ancestors we get the the ogs um i thought it was pretty cool i thought uh i don't know i just thought it was cool it's, it's a nice little thing like you guys were, were saying that tomino is doing a good job pretty much all throughout the series series as or multiple series and that he's being very respectful to different cultures and i thought that i thought it was really cool to finally see one like the aztecs here i'm sure we'll see more probably down the line at least i hope so i i like his take on everything so far um it's very similar to a lot of like the real aztec things that i've seen although i'm I'm not like an expert or anything so don't fucking ask me but Um, it was fun throughout like this whole little arc and all that kind of stuff it is very boots on the ground like mark was saying and normally i would probably find that a little bit boring throughout like the other series because there's like a lot of a lot of the times mobile suit combat is very much emphasized but i feel like this series tones it down with mobile suit combat and this series this this arc i guess it made me kind of think like have you guys you guys have seen iron man 3 right i know mark has have you seen a girl so? Yeah, did we all go to see it? Yourself? Yeah, didn't we all go go to theater and see it? Yes, we did. Yeah, <laughs> all together. Yes, yeah, all of us. I only remember. So- I literally yeah. sat right next to you. Oh, I literally sat right. Next to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm I only remember same. being pissed about it. Because In case you forgot, rem- I we, all, we also went to go watch Broly. That I do remember. Yep, that I do remember. But um, anyway, cut that shit out. There's too much airtime. But um. 
my point is i feel like that movie i'm not gonna like spoil anything in case anybody hasn't seen it but um that movie that movie does something that i feel like some stories try to emphasize in that you know we have our hero we have a protagonist in in a given series and they have like their their superpower you know in in iron man he has a suit and in in the gundam series you know our protagonist always has like you know the gundam and yeah but it's bigger and cooler but um so i feel like this arc unlike many of the other gundams has kind of exemplified this in that loran is very capable outside of the bubble suit like there's some other protagonists like and i don't just mean that he's like oh he's like a master at cqc and all that stuff because there's definitely other characters that are better than him you know we've had like domonkash who can fucking break steel beams and shit we've had uh you know camille flipping people the hell over and throwing them into canyons and stuff or whatever uh you know i feel like this this says this little arc is a lot more personal in showing the little steps and in, in journeys and the the ways that our heroes our protagonists are capable without you know the mech without the suit without their power so to speak and i feel like it's done very well it's shown very well it's it's a lot more interesting in the stealth aspects le- than uh, the ones that we've seen before. Because like Mark said, we don't see a lot of that. But when we do, it's very short. And like, you know, back in Zeta, we see like Camille sneaking through a base and then gets caught. Um, <laughs> and so forth. I don't remember who else does some stuff like that. Actually, never mind, I do. But they're not even worth bringing up. Anyway, my point is, wow. it's just nice to see all these little aspects and little things in, in storytelling overall that I've seen in different medias come into play in this series. I enjoy it. Um, I think that the series is doing a pretty good job with it. I, I like a lot of the character aspects and like the little bond that that um, Laron and everybody tries to like forge in, with the king, particularly Laron. I think they were having like a freaking mental communication moment, weren't they? They're having like a, a new type private chat session even though they're not new types or anything i just feel like that's just a new type thing like hey let's talk in our heads and psychically and all that kind of stuff but i thought it was i thought it was interesting i thought it was fun it was cool to see a little bit of a an emphasis on joseph that's uh i feel like he was gonna be a forgotten character in the background just always helping um sid and just being his you know, there or leading his, uh, or fighting in, in the mobile suit that he has, uh, as a background character. But he was basically like the, he's like the right hand man in this one. He's like, he's like that force be- with the, uh, behind the protagonists that is making the conversations in the shadows in the background. He's like even communicating and, you know, having a little arc of him by himself in this, uh, this little storyline. And it's cool to see. And speaking of which, uh, he, he starts to have like a little relationship kind of bond thing with one of the characters. What is her name again? To be honest, I forget her name. Mayalita. Yes, yes, yes. Mayalita. Uh, and I thought it was cool to see. It was fun. It was not boring at any point and I, I think that's the most important thing you don't want to bore your audience some people like if you don't appreciate stuff like this maybe you'll find it boring 
But if you appreciate stuff like this, then know that it's done fairly well. It's entertaining enough at the very bare minimum, honestly. And this one, I do know for sure we get two people that for sure, for sure, 100% absolutely die. And it's her and the king. Yeah. Sure. They went out in a, a blaze of glory. And a break yeah. of C4. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I give you permission to kill me. <sighs> So yeah, um, I don't really have too much else to say about it. I enjoyed it. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. I'm just glad they didn't show uh, them taking out hearts from anybody. (laughs) (laughs) That would be cool, though. Finish it. It would have. Fatality. All right, so what what we got? 13 episodes left? Yes, uh, how are we feeling? How are we feeling? I'm sad that it's ending. So we're all staying hopeful, basically. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, you'd have to do a lot to really ruin it at this point. I mean, I mean I'm not saying it can't be done. Which it clearly can, but I, I really, really like this series so far, and I really hope that it's not bad in the end. I have heard it's good overall, so I'm assuming that means it has a good ending. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm I'm hopeful. I think it's going to be good, and I hope it's going to be good. So uh, we'll see. I hope Harry doesn't die. Uh, there's a lot of characters. I hope there, there hasn't been any like real deaths, like too too intense, like too too hard hitting. Like Jose what said. What about Gavon? No one cares about Gavon. <laughs> None of our main main cast has has died yet. So. It's, it's a little scary going to this arc. Like, there's, like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna pull a Zeta on us? Hopefully not. And uh, but we'll see. Oh, real quick, Jose, how do you feel about Laurent not having a bloodlusted race? Um, I feel like it's he okay. Yeah, yeah, he, he does is have time. Far and away, the one that I feel he will not. Yeah, he is far and away, the one that I think will not have it. That's why I feel okay because i feel like it, it doesn't have to be a part of his character because like every other character that has had like a bloodlusted rage mode the, it's it's true to their character that they are a little bit of a hothead at least on you know camille. on some level yeah camille judo when he gets pissed when he you know the whole thing with his sister um amaro when he's just getting pissed in general uh just because he's a pissy little bitch at times uh freaking literally you can you can say everybody like anybody i can't think of a character that would that like is it's it's too far to say that they would get mad except for Laron because he just generally does not get mad he's pretty chill about he gets the frustration yeah he gets frustrated but he's he's never been like pissed or anything or he's never you know told anybody to even leave him alone at any point i don't think like, feel free to correct me on that, but I don't even remember any instances where he's, like, been hurt or something so bad. He's just like, leave me alone or anything, you know, nothing. There was a time when he thought he was being used by Gein, and he gets pissed. Yeah. There well, was but even that. Against the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even, like, that, see, I couldn't even tell that he was really that pissed. He was more like, it just kind of seemed he was a little bit bothered by it at best, but I don't know. Like, he, I don't feel like he needs a bloodlusted rage mode, and, you know, I think he's fine. But if he does, I welcome it that's that'd be that'd be cool that'd be a unique take to his character at this point um even if it only happens one time you know that, that's fine if it happens no time i'm still fine yeah but yeah no i'm cool with them i, I like them kind of hoping that uh never mind <laughs> oh dies yeah but yeah <laughs> Oh man, crossing the fingers for the for the that ending that is just satisfying. Hopefully, so <sighs> give us the queen. Take us all work. All right, and with that, that ends our discussion of part three of Tourney Gundam. And next time we will be ending off with episodes thirty-eight. 
through I believe there's 50 correct probably yes. <laughs> well 38 to the end so um hopefully you all come back to see how we feel about the ending uh, we all hope the ending's good as always but only time will tell um i also want to thank everybody who's been interacting with our instagram page it's been cool to see a little bit more growth in that and um, we really appreciate all comments you know shares likes messages to us a couple people have been uh, um, private messaging us and just telling us that they enjoy the show and we really really do appreciate all of that so if you want to get in on the action you want to see some memes and stuff uh, head over to our instagram page at zakutaku and be sure to you know i mean just if if you want to reach out to us that's cool too and talk some gundam head up the comment section chat it up um we do appreciate all of that so um without further ado uh hope to see you all next time on turn a part four what's the turn i